welcome to the Charleston Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Farina, and I unfortunately sound like I just smoked like 20 packs of cigs this weekend. So we're going to do a nice little apology in advance for what I sound like. If you can't bear to listen to this, I don't blame you. You can turn this off now because I don't think it's going to get any better during this episode. Uh, maybe I'll try and keep it, keep this episode short and sweet. So, you know, we don't, I don't like die because I feel like, you know, sometimes when you lose your voice, it makes you have to like work extra hard to talk. Like that is me right now. I did not even think I was going to be losing my voice. You know, when you kind of just like know that it's going to be happening, you at least have like an inkling towards it. I had no idea. I just think that I just haven't stopped talking for a couple of days straight. It was just a very social weekend. And even before that, I had my Galentine's Girls event last Thursday. And I feel like, you know, I obviously talk a lot during then. And then I feel like going into the weekend, you know, you're out, you're in loud spaces. I'm yelling, you know, obviously I'm just yelling because I'm loud. I'm a loud person. Um, but then you're yelling, you know, singing the songs and then you're yelling, trying to talk to somebody because like they obviously can't hear you because the music is so freaking loud everywhere. So I feel like that is what has caused this, um, really unfortunate sound coming out of my mouth right now. Um, I tried to drink tea earlier. I've been drinking water. And it was also so funny because like, I didn't know, like I said, like, I didn't know this was coming. So when I talked for the first time this morning, it's also Monday, I'm recording this on Monday. Um, after like a bender of a weekend, I spoke for the first time this morning and I like shocked myself. I was like, oh my God, I did not know that that is what I sounded like. Um, big surprise, big surprise. But this weekend was really fun. Um, we were celebrating my friend Leah's birthday and we had our other friend Lauren in town. And then I had um, an oyster roast event yesterday on Sunday at Republic. It was so much fun. But it was just, you know, we turned it into a Sunday fun day, like accidentally, except not accidentally, like whatever it happens. Um, and then Saturday, we just had a day, bopped around. It was a lovely, lovely day at Shem Creek on Saturday. Um, and then we went out Saturday night and that was just really wild. There were some really interesting characters. Um, if you don't know, this was this past weekend with Siwi and that is, Siwi stands for Southeastern Wildlife Expedition, Ex Exposition, Expedition, whatever. We're going to check that and you just ignore me. Um, I'm, I'm out of it as you can tell. Um, but it's like this big wildlife exposition, right? Is that the right word? Anyways, and people come from all over, all over to come and see all this kind of stuff. So there's just a lot of, there's a lot of tourists. There's a lot of just like interesting people. And we were at Uptown Social on Saturday night. And I feel like it was just the crowd of people were just very interesting. None of them looked like they lived here, which is fine. Um, but we were just like, okay, interesting. We went to, where else did we go? We went to Frontier. That was super fun. Then we go to Share House. And like, obviously, I'm, I always have fun at Share House. I can do anything there and it'll be fun. But um, one fun other fact about me is that like, short guys love me love me. Like, I'm telling you, I feel like I'm like, there's like a magnet and they just always, short guys always find me. And I'm standing at the bar. I'm also wearing like really tall, like boots. So I'm already a tall girl, right? I'm 5'10". Then I add them a couple inches on my boots. I'm, a, I'm over six foot. And I'm standing at the bar and like getting a drink at the back bar. And like this guy comes up to me and he's up to my shoulder, like for sure. And he was just like, you're so beautiful. Like, 
blah, blah, blah. You're amazing. I'm like, okay, how do you know that I'm amazing? Like, we haven't even talked yet. But he was like, I would love to buy you a drink. And I'm like, why not? Like, sure, why not? So he buys me a drink. And then we really hardly talked. But then he was like, oh, like, you're just so beautiful. How do I stay in touch with you? And I'm like, I'm not giving you my number. Like, there's just no way. I was like, no, no. So I was like, oh, you could like follow me on Instagram. And he was like, oh, I don't have social media. Like, but I could follow you from like my friend's account. And I was like, oh, okay. So he was like, what is it? Like, can you write it down for me? And I was like, oh, sure. He gets a napkin and then asks the bartender for a pen. I bring my Instagram handle on a napkin and a pen and I give it to them. And like, it's like bartenders that I know. And they're probably like, what is like, what is she doing now? What is she doing now? Why is she giving this guy her Instagram? Like so crazy. Then we kind of just like run around and like whatever, silly. And he's just kind of, my little friend is just kind of standing there watching me, him and his friend. And then at the end, like lights are on, like we're, we're leaving. The guy comes up and he's like, can I get a picture with you? I'm like, sure. Okay. So we took a picture together and like literally he's up to my shoulder, up to my shoulder. It is so funny. Um, but then I decided to be so obnoxious as we were leaving Sharehouse. And I was like, oh, I'm going to make a little documentary of us leaving. But instead of like leaving Sharehouse, I decided to phrase it as, oh, we're getting kicked out of Sharehouse, which it's like, technically we're not getting kicked out. But like, technically what I mean is like, we are getting kicked out because like it's closing time. So I thought I was being funny by saying like, oh, we're getting kicked out, like whatever. So I filmed this whole documentary on TikTok. I think I, I did not post that. This is for like nobody's eyes. But I'm like talking to the bouncers. I'm like, oh, do we have to leave? Do we have to leave? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, what do you think? I'm like talking to this one bouncer. I'm like, what do you have to say about like us getting kicked out of Sharehouse? And he's like, he literally looks at the camera. He's like, this this beautiful woman is lying. Um, I don't know. I guess everybody thought it was so beautiful on, on Saturday night. I was like, mm, boost to the ego. But he was like, they're lying. Like, um, anyways, he was like, they're lying. They're not getting kicked out. And I was like, oh, so then does that mean that I can stay? Like, am I allowed to stay then? And he was like, no, that's not what I'm saying. And I was like, well, what if I bring a sleeping bag and sleep on the bar? And he, so he was like, get, he was literally like, come on, come on, get out. And of course I'm so obnoxious. And I'm like, but it's a documentary. I'm documentary. And I'm like talking, oh my God, it was so obnoxious, but so funny. I'm so glad I've recorded it because there's so many funny quotes of me and my friends. And I'm just like, there is something wrong with us. There's something wrong with us. I'm like, why can't we just leave? Why can't we just silently leave? Like we're supposed to like be good patrons. Why do we have to cause a scene? Why? And those poor bouncers are probably just, they just want to go home. They just want to wrap it up. It's, you know, 1.45 in the morning, they're done. And I'm just like, I won't leave. And I'm filming them in their faces, like so obnoxious. Anyway, so that is the cause. I think that is the cause of like my my exhaustion, my lack of voice. Just all of that is, you know, it's just a tough day today. And then yesterday we just had a little Sunday fun day. My, my friend had a table at Republic too. So we're like at this table after the oyster roast, like, oh my God, I'm like, what am I doing? It's a Sunday. What am I doing? But whatever, it happens. Now it's Monday and I'm just dying, um, as you can hear. But... What we're going to talk about today is something I've definitely wanted to make its own episode for a while. Um, and it's, you know, things that I've talked about on my TikTok kind of like randomly, but I feel like it's good to have its own little podcast episode and it's definitely timely with what I'm going through right now. So we're going to just be talking about like all sorts of mental health things um, because I think it's something that I obviously deal with, I relate to, and I feel like I've dealt with it for a long time, but I feel like I can share some of my insight and just my story. And like, I think that it's really important that anybody with a platform that has dealt with any sort of mental health issues talks about it. I know it's personal and it's not, maybe some people don't always feel comfortable 
being that vulnerable and talking about it. But I have just like one thing that I really find important about having the platform that I do is like, I want to like make things, I don't know. I want to normalize things. I want to normalize. Obviously I feel like one thing that I do this is a different, you know, a bit of a tangent, but it's like normalizing being weird, normalizing being yourself, normalizing just like going for what you want. And I feel like on the other hand, like normalizing, not having a, never having a boyfriend, normalizing, like putting your friends first before like dating, which I don't think that really needs to be normalized. I think that just happens. I'm delirious. But I think normalizing, um, like just talking about mental health and being open about it and being open about your struggles. And obviously I'm not reinventing the wheel here by, by talking about it, but I think it's just really important to be using, you know, your platform for good. And so that's what I kind of, you know, it's kind of what I want to do in a lot of different aspects. But so we're going to talk about mental health because specifically I personally am going through an interesting journey right now. Um, I've talked about it, I think a bit here and as well on um, TikTok, but I have been on a mental health journey, quote unquote, the past few months, and it's very different than I feel like I've ever dealt with it. Um, I have been, well, you know, I'm trying to think, like, I'll give my background of what I'm going through right now, and then I'll kind of give my background of all of my, all my stuff. So right now, I have been seeing a psychiatrist for the first time ever. Like, I have been in therapy for a long time, which again, I'll get into that. But I finally, um, last in fall, so a couple months ago, I was like, I am just, I'm not right. I am not right. And I knew, I was like, this is ADHD. I'm having issues. I can't focus. I can't get shit done. And then it's, you know, causing me to have more anxiety. It's just, and I'm like, I was at such a make or break moment um, of my career where I was like, I don't actually have time or money to fuck around anymore. And not that I was fucking around. It was literally mental blocks in my head. Um, I could not do things. Like I I was literally, I literally couldn't do it. And I was like, well, this is sounds like some undiagnosed ADHD. And I finally was like, I had been thinking about it for a long time. And a lot of this came, came to light once I started working for myself um, and just having to be my own boss and just the transition of that. And that was very overwhelming for me. Um, and that's when kind of this all started. I mean, obviously I've, I've had, you know, symptoms, you know, quote unquote, whatever, of ADHD probably for a very long time, but I think it's really just come to light more so in the past year, year and a half. And I had kept thinking about it, thinking about it. And I was like, would just kept keep pushing it aside and be like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. Like whatever. And then I just didn't really want to talk to anybody about it. I don't really know why. Like, I don't know what my issue was. I don't know why I didn't want to talk about it. I think there's a part of me that just was scared that people weren't going to believe me. Like, and I know, like I eventually opened up to my one friend. I eventually opened up to my mom and my therapist and everyone's like, yeah, like, first of all, yes, you totally have ADHD. Like there's definitely like all the things you're describing are very on brand for this. And then it was also like, yeah, go see a psychiatrist. Duh. Like no one's, I don't know why I thought I was going to be judged. I don't know why. So I went and I talked to her about like, obviously my ADHD, but then also my anxiety, because that's something I've been struggling with for a very long time. And we were kind of like, okay, what's, what's the like most important thing um, to take care of first? And because I wasn't comfortable, like, you know, taking two different 
type of types of medication right then and like having to figure out like what's making me feel this or you know what I mean so I was like let's focus on one and then we can you know tackle the other whatever later and so I decided ADHD because I just felt like it I felt like that was more pressing where it was like I feel like I need to get shit done the anxiety it was almost like I've lived with it my entire life so I was gonna be okay to know that like I could handle it you know what I mean but the ADHD it was getting it was just getting in the way of like my career my life and all that kind of stuff so I started on Adderall. That was my that's my first like type of medication like that. I've never taken anything like that before, um, and it has helped me so much. And it's also just just talking to my therapist, um, my regular therapist, and my psychiatrist, and just kind of pinpointing like the best ways that I work productivity wise, um, and kind of figuring out things that are helping me be successful and helping me be productive outside of the medication too. Because like this has been a learning experience for me of figuring out like how I operate as like, I obviously know how I operate as a human being. And like a lot of times in certain situations of like work or school or whatever, but it's like, this is such a unique situation of what I have now is that I'm like my own boss and a business owner and, you know, a content creator. And like, there's so many different things going on that it was just getting really, really overwhelming to me to manage it all. And I finally started talking about it and that really helped. Um, But anyways, so that's been really great as I've just been like, like I said, navigating how how to make this work the best way for me. Um, and so after that, I kind of went back for like a couple month checkup um, about, I guess, two weeks ago. And I noticed, I knew that I was going to, actually, this was like a, this is my three month checkup, I think, of like my last, um, whatever my last appointment was, whatever, in the fall. And it was, my appointment then was like a checkup with my just like Adderall and stuff. So this was like, I kind of knew going into this appointment that I was ready to talk about like options for anxiety because I noticed the past, you know, probably end of December, like December, January, I was like, oh my God, I'm so anxious. Like, I'm just like, this is just, this is getting, getting worse. And I kind of thought it would be getting better. Obviously like ADHD medication helped me a lot because it helped take away the anxiety of me not getting shit done. But then I'm like, oh, there's but the anxiety is still there for so many other things. And I kind of started like in December, I started like writing things down or really taking note of like what was making me anxious, like what are my triggers, like all this kind of stuff. And it was, it started to become a thing that I was like, things that are making me anxious aren't going away anytime soon. AKA like obviously anxiety ebbs and flows. Like it's not like I'm sitting around anxious 24 seven. That's not it. But I think that I let it be okay that it has ebbed and flowed over the years. And I think I would let myself like discredit the fact that like when it's bad, it's bad because I'd be like, well, other times I don't really feel it and I'm okay. But that doesn't mean like that it's not valid when it's bad. You know what I mean? I think that was my struggle with it this whole time. I, I just could never like, I feel like make the jump and be like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. I need help. I would just be like, oh, you're fine. You can handle it anyways, which is just not a healthy way. But I think, you know, Better late than never of like trying to figure out how to how to have grace with yourself and and be kind to yourself and really understand like why you are the way that you are. Anyways, what I was saying earlier is I found that a lot of the triggers and the things that are making me anxious in this point in my life are not going anywhere anytime soon. So it's not like it was just like a phase. It's not like it's just a random thing. It's the life that I chose for myself. It's it's my career. It's everything. And a lot of it makes me anxious just because of the nature of it and just obviously who I am. And I was like, well, this, and it's like career stuff. It's like being a person on the internet has caused me a lot of anxiety. I think it's really hard 
to be perceived, um, especially on TikTok where your videos can reach anybody. That has been like just really hard. And I think also just making a, you know, growing a personal brand, growing a real brand, growing all of this stuff and just where, you know, I am kind of the face of it all. That is so anxiety inducing. And that is the life that I chose for myself. So I can't really like, I can't really complain because I'm just like, this is just this, it is what it is. But at the same time, I can do things to help myself because it is something that I love. I love this. I love what I'm doing, but I just don't think that it's, you know, I think I just need the extra help. So that's why I was kind of like, okay, I think like, you know, medication might be a really good answer for me to kind of just help me. And I talked to my doctor, I talked to my psychiatrist about it and she totally agreed. And she was like, this, I think is going to be really good for you. Um, so we started on Prozac and it's been about two weeks. And I, my first week was very low dose, like almost, I feel like a mini dose. And now for, I think about almost a week, I've been on a regular, like my, it'll be my more regular dose. And I feel like I'm not going to lie, you guys. I feel like I'm losing my fucking mind losing my mind. First of all, I knew there was going to be symptoms, but I thought maybe the symptoms were going to be like headaches, which that's one of them. Headaches or like stomach aches or like whatever, just kind of physical pain. No, mine mine aren't showing that way. And so it's really fun. Um, I can't sleep. I wake up in the middle of the night every single night that I sleep. Like what? Every single night that I sleep. So every night. And it's like I'm, I'm up at like three until like five, five thirty. Like I like can't sleep and it's driving me nuts because I'm such like I like to wake up early. I, I'm up at like between six, six thirty, six forty five, sometimes seven, but like in the sixes. But I'm like, if I can't fall back asleep until five thirty, like it's it drives me nuts because then I'm like, oh my God, I'm like not gonna be able to wake up or I'm gonna need to sleep more and then that takes time away from my day. So like that is even more anxiety inducing to me. Like this lack of like like control in my sleeping because I love to sleep. I love sleeping so much like oh my god it's my favorite thing ever and i'm so like specific about like the the amount of sleep that i do get you know like it's very important to me and so that has been a bit of an issue the past week and then added in this other really fun symptom which is extreme extreme anxiety extremely heightened anxiety i swear to god you guys like i already said this but like i feel like i'm losing my mind losing my mind and i am just I'm anxious about nothing and everything. And it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And before I also like realized that it was a symptom, I actually was like, I'm going insane. Like, isn't this medication supposed to help me? And I'm like, oh my God, like, why is it making me more anxious? And I, I like looked into it and I saw that it, it's, there's like a, like I said, heightened anxiety. And I feel like it's because it like, is like regulating in your body kind of or whatever, which makes sense. And I think it's going to, it'll obviously self adjust, but it's this, really hard time for me right now because I feel like it's everything that I'm doing is making me anxious. Like, And it's it's like this physical anxiety where it's like I feel it in my chest so much and I feel like my heart is going to like beat out of its chest at all times. And I'm just like, what is going on? And it's like for no reason. Now, I, I will say I kind of decided today because something that like obviously always makes my anxiety worse is drinking, which is not anything, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel with that either. Like, Everybody knows that like drinking, if you have anxiety or if you're depressed, like drinking like heightens those feelings and makes it worse. So I was like, okay, like after this weekend, I was like, I feel so anxious, like drinking made it worse. And I'm just like, I think I might need to take a drinking break um, solely for the fact that I can have a clear head and focus on how this medication is regulating and adjusting in my system and not like 
and just not be foggy and not have a distraction of alcohol. And like, I, I don't know. I, I just think it's a really smart thing to do because I think I just need to remove, you know, a, a trigger kind of while I'm getting myself adjusted. And it's definitely going to be like kind of hard because I am in the in a career that is very social. And a lot of times socializing comes with drinking alcohol. And that is just a society thing. That's a lot of thing. A lot of times I feel like we're not even thinking about it. You're just like at an event at something and you're just like, oh, like can have a drink, whatever. And it just happens and that's fine. But I think that I like need to be in this time because I don't even, I don't know how long I'm going to take a break, probably a couple of weeks. I'm going back to my psychiatrist tomorrow. I'm going to talk to her about it, but I think it'll be good just to be, you know, a couple of weeks, uh, clear headed, sober. But it's like, I, whenever I do any events or anything like that, any influence or stuff, it's like, I have to actively like choose not to drink when I go to these things. And it's just funny because I feel like not drinking is starting to become a lot more normalized. I think TikTok is really starting to, I mean, obviously there's some people that are like such like holier than thou, like who don't drink. And I think that is really obnoxious because everybody is allowed to do whatever they want with their own body and with their own, you know, life choices, extracurricular activities. I hate when I see people on TikTok or Instagram or whatever, like preaching about not drinking and being sober and like, but like shoving it down your throat in that way and just acting like they're better than you because you're not like everybody gets to do their own thing. And I'm a huge, like, like proponent for that. Like, I feel like I like, yes. Okay. Drinking is not physically good for your body. Okay. So what? Everybody can do whatever they want. Anyways. Um, but I think like the idea of not drinking is becoming more normalized, which I like because I, I remember like two or three years ago over the summer, I just took like a really long drinking break because I was just like, I need to reset. I don't feel good. Like I just, whatever. And I feel like it was definitely like, people were like, wow. Okay. I mean, no, no, not really, but I felt like it wasn't as normalized to just not drink. So definitely like now I feel like it's definitely more of just a good, like people are more accepting of the sober lifestyle and a healthy lifestyle and a balance. I think balance is a key word, a balanced lifestyle. So that's my little solution for now is just not drinking while I'm kind of figuring out this anxiety, this, you know, what is working best for me, how to regulate it in my body if there's anything else that I need to do. Like, and I'm literally sure my doctor will probably already tell me to stop drinking. Like for right now, while I'm figuring this out, I'll be like, one step ahead of you, girl. So anyway, so that's what I've been dealing with. And it's been really, really difficult the past week of just mentally, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like I can't do anything. Um, and I feel like I personally should have started medication eons, eons ago. I can't believe that I'm about to turn 28 in two months. And I, this is like the first time of me getting on anxiety medication because I am someone who was very high strung in high school. And I think I was very, and like, there's nothing wrong with being high strung, but I just think I, I can be chill in some ways. And I always have been, but in other ways I am like, like, I'm just like, so like high strung, anxious. And I definitely have I do not have OCD, but I definitely have some OCD um, thought like tendencies. My therapist told me that, which makes a lot of sense too. But I am someone who I, you know, I grew up a swimmer. And I, swimming caused so much of my mental um, health issues, to be quite honest. And I think if you're a swimmer, you do understand that. There is just an aspect to swimming that I think, you know, 
is different than other sports where you can really get in your head, um, especially when it comes to times. Like swimming is all about times and it's like you're looking at the numbers and I just feel like there's such a like, there's a lot of pressure. Like, because if you add like one second from your best time, you're like, oh my gosh, like freaking out. Like, at least that's, I'll speak for myself. That's me um, or that was me. And I think there's just a lot of swimming is like a lot of sports, obviously like you put pressure on yourself, but I think there's a different type of pressure because it's so... Yes, it is team oriented, but it's so individual as well that I think it can definitely cause a lot of anxiety. And I think my anxiety, I would never change my swimming experience for the world, but I think my swimming experience is okay. If you're, if you're watching on video, my camera died. So now we are doing um, video on my laptop. So I'm not the best quality, but I think we'll survive. Swimming caused me a lot of anxiety. And I think I let that kind of just take over my entire life. And I think it started at a young age. I feel like I put a lot of pressure on myself when I was younger in swimming. Like I'm talking like 11, 12. And I think that that was definitely something that I had a really hard time with. And especially in your like developmental stages, I think in like grade school and stuff, like it's hard to have to be doing something that puts a lot of pressure on yourself and then it makes you you get more stressed out and and all this kind of stuff. And so I think when I got to high school and I took swimming a bit more seriously, it was really just like I let myself get so in my head and it was just not healthy. But then I so I joined a new swim team my junior year of high school. And that's when I that's when a lot of things changed for me. It's when I got a lot better at swimming. I got like I, I hit my national cuts. Like I was doing really well. And I was also on a more serious swim team with just people who were like really good at swimming. And I think there was a lot of like comparison, obviously self-comparison. And it affected me mentally, obviously. Even my friends like noticed this about me. Like, and I think, you know, when you were like new and you just kind of want to like fit in in situations, that was kind of me on that swim team. I feel like I would like morph myself into certain like characters, almost like whatever characters they kind of like wanted me to be. Like for a while, I was kind of like just this like the new girl, whatever. And then I was kind of like almost like the ditzy, like all girls school girl, and which was also me, not ditzy. But I let myself be ditzy because I was tell, I would tell them like funny, stupid stories about me and like things that I was doing. But then it got to a point where I was like, I started looking at colleges junior year and for some reason that was the most anxiety inducing situation ever like i was like freaking out because one i didn't want to go to college that was like my that was my personality and that's the thing it's like i said that and then people like would talk about it so then i'm like i feel like i like made that more my personality if that makes sense um just to like fit in i don't know that wasn't really me fitting in it was more like me getting attention i don't know but I remember this like so clearly. Like I was very goody two shoes in high school, which is funny because I feel like as much as I like go out now, like you wouldn't think that. I was very goody two shoes, didn't drink. I well, I guess I started drinking junior year, but very like very rarely didn't never like smoked any weed, like didn't do anything. And I remember like and then like a a lot of those friends did dabble in those things. And I remember I was just freaking out about college, like freaking the fuck out. And my friend Elise was like, if there is anybody in this world that needs to smoke weed and calm down, it is you. And I was like, oh my God. And she was like the most chill person ever. Like she was so relaxed. So like me being on the other opposite spectrum and just being fucking bonkers and out of my mind, she's like, you literally need to go chill out and i will never forget that and i feel like that is like a testament <laughs> to me like i feel like i am not the most chill person and i think 
I am in some situations where I'm just kind of like, oh, go with the flow, whatever. But I think there's so many other aspects of me that are just like, Rah. and I'm like, yeah, we need to calm down. We need to calm down. And I'm not very good at being calm, obviously, which I think is fun sometimes. But other times I'm like, no, you need to be calm, be calm, relax, zen. I need to meditate. Maybe I should meditate. That would be interesting. But anyways, I feel like in high school, like junior junior year, I just kind of started to become this like very like, and I didn't, you know, it's funny. I didn't even know it was anxiety because I feel like anxiety, mental health was not talked about in the way that it's talked about now, literally just like not discussed. And so I feel like I didn't even know what my issue was. I had no idea. And then it was senior year and I had a lot on my plate beginning of senior year. I was, you know, still swimming. Obviously I was involved in school. I was on some, I was like some like president of something or VP of something. I'm like, I don't even know. Oh, I was VP of like national honor society. And I was like getting more involved or something. Then it was also the college process. I had to like, it was like, we really need to hone in and figure this out. I had so much on my plate. I was so overwhelmed. And I remember my, I had a freak out, like extreme freak out one day. And it was like, because I got, I got really anxious and I still get like this of like time. Like I would literally plan out my day and I still do this, but I have it more under control now. Um, I would plan out my days. I'd be like, okay, swimming, you know, I've practiced until 545. It takes, you know, I'll, I'll be in the locker room for 15 minutes. It'll take 25 minutes for me to get home. Then I will, will do this for 20 minutes and I homework for this amount of time, dinner for this amount. Like I had like every like minute planned out and I was going crazy. Well, I, I still do the like planning out by minute things sometimes now. Um, it's more in a helpful way to just tell me stay organized. But in, but at that time it was very much like, I was like, I don't have enough hours in the day. I'm actually going to explode. And I did explode. And my mom was like, all right. Okay. Yep. You're going to see a therapist. You need to go talk to somebody like this is not good. And it was literally just like that. And it was the beginning of senior year of high school. And I was so embarrassed that I was going to be going to see a therapist. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe like I need to go see a therapist. Like, oh my God, what is wrong with me? I was mortified. I told nobody except for my coach, my head coach at my um, club swim team, because every like Monday or whatever, I would have my appointment, my therapy appointment after school and I would come late to practice. So I had to tell my coach. And I think the reason I felt really comfortable telling him was because earlier, like before that, I think I might've told him that I was having some like struggles or whatever. And he told me, he was like, listen, Nicole, and I love him. He was so great, but he was like, listen, Nicole, like this is normal. He's like, I see somebody. He was like, I think he was like late thirties, like at this point. And he was like, I see someone, I see someone once a week. And I talked to them about just like all my things. And of course, in my mind, I'm like, well, he seems great. Like he has his life together. Da, 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 and why? Oh my gosh. Like, and meanwhile, he was like, I just do it to stay sane. I do it because I need to have, you know, almost like, like an unbiased person, um, to talk to, talk about some struggles and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, this is really good for you. And I remember he told me that. And so then I, when I decided to be going to therapy, I told him and he was like really happy for me. And I was like, okay, but I'm not telling anybody else. And he was like, okay. And he like kept my secret because I would walk in late to practice like every Monday and like everybody would be like, oh, where were you? Where were you? And I would somehow, this is how crazy it was. This is how not talked about mental health stuff was. I would make up a lie every single time. I told one friend, I told my one friend, Henry, and I just really trusted him because we were best friends. And so I was like, I, and I, but I didn't tell him right away. I don't think, I think I said, you know, I was like, oh, I had to stay after school you know, oh, I have physical therapy. I did not, I did not need physical therapy. I was not going to physical therapy for anything. Like I was perfectly fine, but I would say that I was going to physical therapy and people just believed me. I'm like, oh my God. 
I would just make up a lie every single time, every single week, every single week for like all of senior year of high school. And I eventually, I think I told Henry probably like a month in or something. And then I eventually, I feel like I didn't tell my friends, my high school friends. Like I went to this all girls high school. We were all so close, but I still couldn't even tell my friends that I was doing this. And I didn't, I told them probably months in towards the end of senior year. And it was a very eye-opening experience. Like my first therapy, I had my, my first therapist, his name was Ray. He was awesome. I think he really just like helped me see that like, that I am not weird. I'm not crazy. I just think a little bit differently in some ways. I just, it's just the way that I am. And I think it was really helpful, like talking to him about certain things and like explaining my, my anxiety with, time my anxiety with just like getting things done and it's funny how it's like 10 years later these are still the things that i am anxious about which shows me that i am making the right decision by like being on medication and i think that like i just did not know it's like you don't know what you don't know you know and so it's like there was nobody talking about mental health so i didn't know that this is something that like is not the most rare thing ever. A lot of people have these types of issues. So that was really important to me. Then I, you know, I went to college and I probably should have continued seeing a therapist in college, but I, but I didn't. And my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer in my junior year. And I was like really, really upset and worked up and it was just a freaking mess. And I went home for, I think Thanksgiving and my mom made an appointment with me. Um, like for, I, I forget if, if it was her therapist or if it was just someone that she knew, but I like went in and talked to someone. It was good, but it was like just one appointment. And I was like, oh, this would be great to be consistent. But I don't know. I just, I don't know. I guess you kind of, you have to make your, you have to make the choice to like choose therapy and choose working on your mental health. And I just wasn't, I decided not to choose that in college. And, you know, obviously I regret it, but, you know, maybe I'd be a little mentally healthier now, but what are you going to do? Either I can't change the past, but I think it's like, you can't have someone tell you to go get a therapist. It's like, yeah, you can, but it's not going to work unless you choose it for yourself, if that makes sense. And I did not choose it for myself. And then I think I was, I was living at home post-grad and I was just, yeah, not super well, just kind of like, I wouldn't say I was depressed, but I was definitely in a just not not well. And I think I was really confused with my life, really just having a hard time. And I think I, I did start seeing someone and that was helpful. Um, got me through some some stuff and then it hit COVID and I was like, we stopped because I was like, I don't want to do this over Zoom. Like I was like, I'm not interested in, in doing this over Zoom. Like I don't, it's not the same to me. I think I did it once and I was like, no, no, um, again. I chose not to do it. And it's like, you have to actively choose. And then, you know, this was probably yeah, like March, 2020. I moved here I moved to Charleston in October of 2020. And then I was like, probably for the first month or two, I was just kind of like, you know, flying by the seat of my pants, like running around. Then I was like, oh, we should work on some stuff. And I think, you know, I had a little like situationship, like when I first moved here and like that, you know, kind of messed me up a little bit. And I was like, oh, I should get a therapist and talk about this and also talk about a million other things that I should be um, talking about. And then I did. And it's my same therapist that I have to this day. She is just amazing. I've, she's It's been really helpful to have her because she has seen me through everything. She's seen me from the minute I'm not the minute, but like 
two months after I moved here um, to now. And she's seen me at all my different jobs. And she's seen me with all these, you know, all the different guys that I've dated. And, and, you know, she's seen me just with my friends and just, she's seen me just like grow as a person. And it's just really helpful to have that same someone who knows you and knows the different aspects of your life. And it's always so hard to find a therapist because you want to be able to just click immediately, but it is so worth it. I got, I also got really lucky with just being able to like she was my first one that I found here and it just kind of worked. But, but with that being said, I've obviously have seen other therapists and I've never felt my, I like my current therapist the best out of all my other therapists. And I think, you know, kind of, obviously I was living in different places during all these times and whatever. And I think it just kind of is trial and error. And so I strongly encourage you, like, if you're not vibing with your therapist, get a new one because it is so important to find a therapist that you can actually vibe with, that you feel comfortable telling things to, that you feel comfortable like admitting things to. Because I feel like in therapy, there's a lot that you need to admit about yourself and it's hard to do that. And you also need someone that's going to ask you the hard questions if that's what you want. You also, you need someone who, who knows what you need and you need to be able to be comfortable enough to explain to them what you need, if that makes sense. And I just found that, I don't know, my therapist really good. It took me a while. This is interesting. It says a lot about me. It took me a while to cry in therapy. I, I I mean, I definitely did. I feel like it may be in other, with other therapists, but I think with this therapist, it took me a while. Um, but I think it's because I, it, it was me getting comfortable. And I also like, I am just a type of person. I feel like I cry on my own. Like I think by the time I get to talking to somebody else about something, I usually have processed it and where I don't cry, if that makes sense. Not always the case, but I think that that's just kind of how I am, how I operate. Is it always healthy? Probably not, but that's okay. We don't always, you know, we're all, we're all learning over here. But I think that like having a therapist is one of the best investments that you can make. And I think everybody can benefit from someone, from, from talking to someone. You don't have to be depressed. You don't have to have anxiety. You don't have to have like any sort of mental illness. I think it is just really a good way to like keep you sharp and keep you like just in the know with yourself and your emotions and, and all of that kind of stuff. And I think it's just, it's also great for self-discovery and you get to know yourself better. I've grown so much as a person in the past few years of my therapy journey. And it's just been really awesome. And it also helps you see things about yourself that maybe you wouldn't notice, which is weird to when that happens, but it's also kind of cool. It's one of the healthiest things that you can do for yourself. And I think it's very like, I'm so happy that it's becoming more normalized because seriously, I can't believe how little it was talked about growing up. And I think it just in the past couple years, it has become so much more normalized about having anxiety, having depression, having issues, and just like, like, it being a normal part of human life. Not that it's normal to have these issues, but I think it's just becoming more normalized, like I said. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we talk about, you know, our hard days, instead of just showing the good ones, I think the more that we talk about what is giving us maybe some triggers. Like, and again, that's really personal information, but I like to do that because I want people to see that they aren't alone. You know what I mean? And I think that talking about things that are, that are, why you're having a hard time. Again, there's not always a rhyme or reason for anxiety or depression or any of that kind of stuff. But I think in the in the circumstances that there is a reason, talk about it, talk it out, find somebody that you can confide in, whether it's a family member, a friend, therapist. Obviously, I think therapist is the best option because like I said earlier, it's unbiased, which is great. It's not someone who can really give their, I mean, they obviously can give their opinion, but it's like they have their, they have your best interest in heart. They have everything like for you. 
it's for you. It's not, they're not thinking about like, oh, how could this like, how does this affect me? How does this benefit me? Not saying that your friends or family do that, but there's like an innate, like, you know, thought process there when you are going to people who already know you for advice or venting or whatever it may be. It's so much easier to have someone who just knows what you're saying and just knows like the facts kind of. And so I strongly encourage you to find a therapist if you don't have one. And I also encourage you to just talk openly. Obviously, it doesn't have to be like this on a podcast or on social media, but I just like think it's so amazing to talk to your friends about social media. What? What am I talking about? Talk to your friends about your mental health. What's going on? Find a way to like bring it up and obviously check in on your friends too and check in on how people are doing and all that kind of stuff because it really does go a long way. And I personally am just proud of myself for learning, um, you know, what is working for me and what doesn't work and kind of learning myself through all this journey. Cause I feel like my mental health journey has been like 10 years. Like, I feel like it really did start when I was like 17 of, of the anxiety heightening in a way that I was like, not comfortable with and just not like ready to be handling. And I could not handle it all on my own. I think that is the thing that I've also learned in the past, like six or so months of just the things that I've been going through. I can't carry this all on my own and you shouldn't have to carry your things all on your own either. Whether medication's the answer for you, I don't know. Whether it's, you know, just talking to somebody, therapy. I mean, there's just so many options out there for how you can, you know, work on yourself and improve your mental health. And like, there's so many, like, it's amazing social media now. There's so many resources. Resources. That is the word I was trying to like think of earlier. Am I kidding? But I feel like, you know, if you can't afford therapy, there's so many things online, free, free resources online that are there to help you. And I just think it's really beautiful that like mental health has become what it is now and is becoming normalized. And I think that like the more people talk about it, like I said, just it's going to keep getting more and more normal. And maybe like maybe we'll just all be able to like openly talk about this without anybody like looking at you weird or thinking in their head, like, oh my God, like that's so weird that she has this or that. And like, God, I hope that people aren't talking about that. I hope people aren't saying that like when I talk to them, obviously, but like, you never know. But I think that like the more we normalize, the better it's going to be. And that's for everything mental health related. And I think another thing is don't be embarrassed if you are on medication, if you have to see, not have to, if you see a therapist, see a psychiatrist, if you have some unique mental struggles, do not be embarrassed because it is something that a lot of us go through and it is, there's a community of it. Whether you know it or not, you are not alone because there's people also having the same issues, same struggles, same kind of stuff. So my DMs are always open. If you ever need somebody to talk to, if you feel like you can't talk to a friend or talk to a family member, or if you can't, uh, you know, afford a therapist or if your insurance isn't accepted or whatever, like I'm always here. I'm always here to help. And I think sometimes I feel like I am just, I'm really bad also about like asking for help in any sort of situation, uh, not even just mental health related, but like even just work stuff. Like I- I'm so bad about it. So I know how hard it is like to find somebody to talk to and all that kind of stuff. But I promise you it helps when you do let it out because then it's like you feel lighter. Like it's like you're getting it off your chest. We all have our, have our, you know, we all have our baggage and it's not always easy to carry, but we do carry it, but it doesn't always have to be super heavy and all on you. You can let other people help you. Let other people help you carry it. Wow, that was kind of deep. I kind of love that. Well, that was, uh, that was kind of a little, uh, little bit about me and my mental health journey. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope it was helpful in some way. Um, I really hope that 
my anxiety goes away. <laughs> but I will keep you guys updated um, and kind of share this journey because I'm really hopeful that it's going to be the right answer for me. Um, and I think it's going to just help me in the long run in general. But I think it's like a good investment of just, you know, bettering yourself, being your best self, you know? Anyways, in a quick housekeeping, um, today my tickets went on sale for my March girls event. It is at Ritual. It's like spring fling, springy vibes. It's going to be super cute. Um, but tickets just went on sale for that March 20th. Um, so it's going to be super fun. And well, I guess if you're listening to this in the morning, tickets go on sale today, Thursday, the 22nd at 10 a.m. So you might not, uh, if you're listening to this early in the morning for some reason, um, tickets may not be on sale yet, but they will be. So definitely grab one. It's going to be so much fun. I'm really excited. I love Ritual. Ritual Rooftop is just like so cool. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then also sign up for my newsletter. Um, if you go on my website, I, okay, I hate when people come walk by me on this freaking, in this podcast studio and they just come in and stare. Like, Hello, they're windows. I can see you staring at me. Oh my God. Anyways, sorry, I'm being such a hater right now. But like, that was annoying. This lady just came and stared at me. Anyways, sign up for my email newsletter. It is, um, if you go on my link tree or on my website, there's like a thing that you can just like sign right up for. Um, I think that'll be, it's gonna be really good because it's just gonna be good ways for me to just keep you guys updated on all my events and just all the fun things that are happening in the Charleston Diaries world. Um, but I hope you guys have a lovely day. Um, and I hope that if you are feeling any sort of anxiety today, any sort of depression, any sort of just if you're not feeling your best yourself, know that I'm here for you. I'm giving you a big hug through the um microphone. <laughs> like, what the fuck, Nicole? And things will get better. The sun will come out tomorrow, you know, like Annie says in that movie, in the movie Annie. Oh my God, I need help. I'm literally delirious. Um, thanks guys for listening. Um, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe, and I will see you guys next time. Mm -hmm.